that can be a really scary thing because we all know that we're going to blow it. We're going to raise our voice when we shouldn't. We're going to discipline too harshly at times. We're not going to have wisdom in a certain circumstance like we wish we would and say, oh no, my kid's going to think of God the way that I just acted. Well, that's where humility comes in and that's where confession to your children comes in. And you're able to say, I didn't treat you like God would treat you. Will you forgive me? Hello, friends. Welcome back to God-Fearing Kids and the Parents Who Raised Them. I'm Carrie, and Mindy is here with me. Hi, everybody. And I want you to stop for a moment and think about situations where you've either been employed or doing some sort of a, a volunteer thing, and your job description was not very clear. Have you ever been in that situation? That can be a very tough place to be because you don't know what you're supposed to be doing or even why you're supposed to be doing it. And... Most of the time you wind up taking your best guess and you miss the mark. You know, somebody's critical of what you did because it wasn't what they expected, but yet they didn't tell you what they expected. Well, too often we Christians operate the same way, believe it or not. We go about life without a clear understanding of why we're here and what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. We have this vague general idea that we're supposed to be good. We're supposed to be a light, but we don't know what that means. And so... Where we want to go in this episode is to talk to you about your responsibility as a parent to ensure that your kids don't wind up in that boat, that they know why they're here and they know what they're supposed to be doing. We call this Christian worldview. It's just the way you view the world as a Christian. So let's look into scripture and see what God says about what our worldview should look like. Yeah, it's very important that we as parents understand what it should look like if we're going to teach it to our kids. So Ephesians 1, 9 through 10 says, His purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So his purpose, God's purpose, which he set forth in Jesus as a plan for the fullness of time. So that means when the right time came in history, God sent Christ. And here's what he sent him to do, to unite all things in him things in heaven and things in earth. So God's unifying things. He's bringing things together. That's his purpose for all of history. And notice, it's not centered around human beings. It's centered around the person of Jesus Christ. That's an amazing thing in our humanistic world, isn't it? In our self-centered world. That's a good reminder for all of us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so he's uniting things, earthly and heavenly. He's bringing harmony and peace and unity between things. And He's revealing and enacting that plan through us, through believers, to people in the world. So in these verses in Ephesians, it says he set forth in Christ a plan. And that plan is the salvation that Jesus provided for us by dying on the cross. His sacrifice enabled God the Father to be able to forgive us of our sins. And so when we accept Christ into our life, We are united with the Father. So that's the beginning step of this uniting happening. Yeah, absolutely. And so once we get that under our belts and we've become believers in Jesus Christ, we as parents have to live that out ourselves. We have to get practiced and get into the habit of living as Christians before our kids, if they're the ones that we're wanting to teach this sort of a Christian worldview and Christian way of living. So how do we live out 
our unity with the Father, practically, would you say? Well, we have to do the things that fuel it, that cause it to be nurtured and grown. So things like reading and studying the scripture, memorizing it so that we get it into us and we learn to think like God thinks. We also need to be involved in prayer. You know, any relationship needs communication. So we interact with God, we listen, we speak, we pray according to his word in the scripture, and he responds with answers to prayer as we pray according to his will. And then we also have to simply obey. I mean, when God tells us to do something, we do it. And it's important to get that piece, I think, very clear in our minds, because God being the sovereign creator of the universe and the one who has the plan tells us as his people what to do to play our part in the plan. And if we refuse to obey that, we're not walking according to the purpose he has for us. So his Christian worldview is for us to find salvation in Christ so that we could be unified with him through Christ. And practically, we do it by reading the Bible, praying, and obeying. Yeah, very simple. You could tattoo that somewhere on your body. (laughs) Read, pray, obey, something like that. Or a bumper sticker. (laughs) Yeah, oh, you'd rather have a bumper sticker. Okay. Well, then, obviously, as parents, we want to teach that to our children. We want to guide them to understand. And the best place to start in helping our children embrace this is to start with God's love. We've got just a very familiar passage here, 1 John chapter 4, verse number 9. It says, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. So stop and make sure you understand what John's saying. He's about to tell us how God showed us his love, how he made it apparent to us. He says that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. So Jesus' coming, which was God's plan, was an act of his love. That's what our kids need to see, is God's love for them. Yeah, why did God want to sacrifice his son? Well, because he loved us so much. So that's got to be so much a part of our teaching and our conversation within our home to our children. They need to have it brought before them all the time of how much God loves them and why he loves them. Yeah, and we show them that through teaching them the gospel. We show them that through the blessings and the good things they receive in life and and use it as an illustration of God really loves you. He gave you this good thing. There's just all kinds of opportunities and examples. And I think we would be making a huge mistake not to encourage you as parents to take initiative in leading your children to accept Christ as Savior. Amen. From the earliest stages when they can understand your words, you want to start talking about that, of how Jesus died for them to take away their icky sins. And I remember our our second child, our daughter, she would say, Jesus took away my icky sins. And she actually came to understand Christ taking away her sins at age two and a half. And of course, she had to grow an understanding of that because that is very young. But she was able to say that to us. I remember her telling her grandparents, that Jesus took away her icky sins. (laughs) Yeah, and we as parents are responsible to guide our children to understand that. Now, I know there's arguments both ways that, you know, you should wait till your kids are old enough, wait till your kids really can understand it because you don't want their faith to just be because you have faith. And I get all that. And I hear people talk about those things. But I think we're wise as parents if we take advantage of the young, impressionable, open hearts that our children tend to have when they're very young. And I don't say take advantage in a bad way, in a manipulative way. You as a parent are telling them the most loving thing you could ever tell them. 
that the God of the universe loves them and that he gave his only son for them, help them understand what sin is and that God's saving them from their sin. And there are elementary concepts that kids can get. And why would we not want to start talking to them about the love of Jesus at the youngest age? Because that's like the verse we read at the very beginning. God's desire is for us to be united with him through Christ. So at the youngest age, we want our children to start feeling that closeness, experiencing that unity. And God will, in his timing, draw them to him. It doesn't matter what age he draws them, but our job as parents is to start teaching them as soon as they're able to understand words. That's right, because as the proverb says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart. So this is training. This is teaching your kids how to think about God's plan for the world. And a little bonus thought here for you is the earlier your kids get that and truly are saved, the more time the Holy Spirit is working in their life and is able to help them and help you as a parent to guide them and teach them. And it's a blessing when you can see that happen. Really is. Really is. And we touched on your love being an example and a demonstration of God's love. Don't just pass over that too quickly because how you love your child, that is how they're going to see God's love and that will impact them for the rest of their life. Yeah. And that can be a really scary thing because we all know that we're going to blow it. We're going to raise our voice when we shouldn't. We're going to discipline too harshly at times. We're not going to have wisdom in a certain circumstance like we wish we would and say, oh no, my kid's going to think of God the way that I just acted. Well, that's where humility comes in, and that's where confession to your children comes in. And you're able to say, I didn't treat you like God would treat you. Will you forgive me? You're making a distinction between your behavior and God's attitude then. And your children are able to see that, and they actually respect it when you come with humble confession like that. Yeah, that is very, very important. And so we've started with God's love as the basic starting point for where we want to guide our kids in understanding God's plan. And then we want to teach them how to love others. Do you remember the command Jesus gave, the first and second greatest commands? First is love God, second is love other people. A good verse for that is 1 John 4, 11, where it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And with young children, this is so great to be able to have this mindset as parents in teaching your children to get along with each other. Hmm. It's just such a common thing for brothers and sisters to fight the whole idea of sibling rivalry. It doesn't have to be that way in your home. And as you're teaching them God's love, you could very easily say, now that you know that Jesus loves you, he wants you to show love to your little sister, or he wants you to show love to your brother by sharing your toy with them. You know, just, you make it very practical. And then you can spread it out to their friends at school or at church. And you can spread it to the idea of how they need to love you and respect you as parents. It's just, it's a natural outgrowth of how they need to apply them understanding and knowing God's love for them. Yeah. And we've got to be unafraid parents to be direct in our confrontation of unloving attitudes. I remember one time with our son and our daughter, our first two kids, I don't remember the exact scenario, but our son had mistreated our daughter and she was crying and she was bothered and upset by what had happened. And he, at first, seemed a little callous to it. He wasn't really getting that it was such a big deal that he had mistreated his sister. And so what I did is I called them both over and I sat down with them trying to, you know, mitigate the circumstance, so to speak. 
and I had them stand facing each other and look in each other's eyes. And I made my son look in her eyes and I said, look at your sweet sister. You love your sister, don't you? And he began to cry. And, and some people might think this is manipulation, but it's not. It's talking about the facts. He loves his sister. And so the behavior he just did, I explained to him, was not loving behavior, was it? And he said, no. And, so, and it wasn't like Jesus. Right. It wasn't like Jesus. And he would say, no. And I would say, so what do you want to say to your sister? And he put his arms around her neck and hugged her and said, I'm sorry, Melinda. It was just a beautiful, sweet thing. And I just give that illustration to help you parents get some courage, maybe. You don't have to be afraid that you're manipulating your kids or playing on their emotions or whatever this godless society would tell you that would look like. That's not what it is. It's speaking to the reality of what exists between your kids and helping them apply it with integrity. That is such a good example. And it's a beautiful thing to see your children respond that way. And our son was really learning how much God loved him. And so that's why his heart was tender. And I just thought of a funny example. Fast forward a few years, our last two children was also an older son and a a younger daughter. And I remember going into our son's room one day and, and I could tell by their tone of voice, they were kind of arguing a little bit. And I went in there and I was asking what's going on. And um, I don't know which one first said it, but they were saying, well, I wanted to let them play with this first. And then the other one said, well, but I wanted them to play with it first. And so <laughs> here they had learned the example of being loving to one another. I'm sure a lot from their older, three older siblings. And they were kind of arguing about who was going to be the one to serve. And, and I had to laugh and had to help them work it, work that problem was, yeah. which I wasn't quite prepared for. <laughs> Yeah, that's not a problem that uh, happens every day. That's for sure. That's for sure. So parents, we're going to wrap up our episode here simply because we want to keep this simple for you. When you think about teaching your kids a Christian worldview, there's a lot more we could talk about. But the basics of it are that God is unifying everything through Jesus Christ. We want our lives and our children's lives to be unified with God through Jesus Christ. And then we want to display that to the world through love. And so you're teaching your kids those basic facts, you're holding them accountable to it, and you're guiding them in their behavior and in learning to apply it. That's a great way to wrap it up. I love that. Let me pray for us now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for guiding us and showing us what your plan is and the plan that you accomplished through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us and for your sacrifice. And thank you that we are united now with the Father and that through the knowledge of your love, we are able to love one another. I just pray that you will help the parents who are listening to grow more in their knowledge of your love for them and help them to feel and experience unity with you more and more each day so that they can teach their children that truth and that reality so that when their children grow up and leave the home, they will be united with you all on their own initiative and in their own relationship with you. And they will not walk away from their belief in you, but that it will be personal and real to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, you can be an integral part of helping us spread the message of God-fearing kids and the parents who raise them by becoming a financial partner. Your monthly gift for as little as $5 a month can help us spread the word. And as our thank you gift to you, we'll subscribe you to our partners-only podcast called Digging Deeper to help you dig further into the Word of God 
And another way to view it is God's view of us. No, I don't like that. <laughs> you can say it again. And another way to think of it is God's view for us. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> don't use that. Babe, effort. this is exactly what <laughs> bloopers are. This is exactly what bloopers are. Uh, I'll just, I'll pray for us and... <laughs> I'll pray for us. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> Dear Lord, we just ask that you will speak through us. We are your children, and you are living your life through us. And we just ask that you will help the audience that will be listening to these recordings to understand your heart. Help us to direct them to your heart. We just pray that you will use our our words to communicate your wisdom and your truth and encouragement and hope, Lord, in Jesus' name. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.